Hello and welcome to Need for Speech. This is the second part of my discussion with Harish and Ramanand, the founders of a company called Choose to Think. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, I recommend you go check it out first and then come back to this. So without further ado, let's dive right in and continue our conversation. So Raman and you were talking about uh, how uh, what herd mentality is and how like life was in the African savanna. I think what I think a big part of what choose to think is is basically you know adapting the human psyche from uh, what it was in the African savanna and what helped uh, humans hundreds of thousands of years ago and uh, bringing it into the concrete jungle because human mindsets and the way we think, the way we live and the way we survive hasn't really changed since that. Uh, in that aspect, I think evolution has been really slow, whereas our surroundings are nowhere like what they used to be for our ancestors. We live in the concrete jungle and not any, in any African jungle. Correct. And uh, another thing from choose to think is to take the best of whatever we can, you know, steal from everywhere. So I think we are going to steal that line tonight. Yeah, that, that's that's all yours. You can have that. And uh, you were also mentioning about, uh, you know, habits and group habits. So one thing that you guys do is uh, something called as, so there's this app called uh, Blinkist, which has uh, book summaries of, which, is a, which has summaries of books and it sends a pop-up, it sends a notification at 6 p.m. every day on my phone and that's how I came to know about that, like through you guys. And um, it's really fun to read that, whatever book it is, because I know at 6 p.m. I'm going to get that cue. And it has become almost like a habit now, like if I'm out somewhere, then when I go back home, okay, there's this notification and I need to like clear that. So what are some of the group uh, reading habits that uh, you guys have developed? So uh, we had a subscription to Blinkist for a long time and everyone I choose to think likes to read. So, uh, but despite that, we weren't really using Blinkist uh, quite often. And uh, so we were wondering whether we should renew our subscription or not. And it turned out that, uh, you know, since everyone was good at reading, they had their own sources of reading. They didn't really need something like Blinkist. And uh, since Blinkist has non-fiction book summaries, it's actually pretty useful from a work point of view. So to encourage everyone to, uh, you know, use Blinkist more often, uh, we came up with the design of something which we today called a compound and it's a, it's a compound because it's a group where people come together and uh, you know going back to that adage about knowledge compounds when you uh, read uh, regularly this is a, apparently a warren buffett quote so we said we want to you know compound our knowledge over time so we decided that uh, and this was on 1st january 2018 we decided that uh, each day we would read one book summary together and this was a you know commitment that we made as a group. And again, going back to our opt-in, uh, you know, philosophy, uh, it was for people uh, who wanted to take this up. It wasn't forced down anyone, but everybody joined in. So since then, we have continuously read one book summary, and it's been over 450 days, uh, you know, uh, in a row, where we read uh, one book summary each day. We also started then posting a takeaway or an insight based on the book. So at the end of the day, you have six, seven comments about it. Uh, this has really helped us because, uh, you know, if you, you know, about uh, several days ago, if you had asked us if we would be, you know, setting a streak like this, I don't think we would have said yes in all that we know about habit building and behavior change. Uh, 
So this is an example of how a system that you develop, which is uh, something that most people in your organization can, uh, you know, it fits into their life. Uh, this can actually work. So uh, it was a great proof point for ourselves, uh, the kinds of things that we tell our clients, you know, we could do that for ourselves to build. So, so you basically team. started that experiment on your own group and you had a lot of insights from that. And now you kind of tell your clients like, okay, how, how they can achieve uh, their goals. So you are kind of, you know, building habits in teams. That's right. So how, how do you go about that when you have, when you do work for clients? Uh, so if you look at what a habit is, and you just described how you have got habituated to Blinkist, which is there is a, a prompt or a cue that leads you to an action. Uh, hopefully the reason you read Blinkist is because at the end of it, you've gained something. Uh, it's something interesting. Uh, in fact, for us, uh, for me personally, the, one of the reasons I enjoy this is because uh, again, we're a remote team. So this is a way for me to interact with everyone. The, the kinds of books that uh, are chosen because everybody takes turns to do that are sometimes out of my areas of interest. So uh, I might be uh, reading about uh, you know, cultures in Africa. I might be reading about uh, business uh, and empires from the past. Not something I would have ordinarily picked up. So it is really you know bro broadened what I do. So there is an element of reward to it, right? Uh, and in this case, the re reward is that of a group as reward. So the same principles when applied to a team building uh, habit, uh, you take a cue, a cue is a prompt like you've, we've got to read this book uh, in the morning, which appears in our uh, WhatsApp group that we have for this exercise. And uh, the routine is that you read this book. Uh, the reward is that, uh, you know, you complete the book, you feel that you've contributed to the team. And in some cases, you get uh, a little pat on the back for something insightful. So uh, these principles we've taken, uh, we've, we've also had reading compounds for our clients now, not just for ourselves, uh, wherein we encourage more and more people to uh, read. Yeah, and uh, we've also done other forms of, uh, you know, try to apply this beyond reading as well. So we've, uh, when we finished our first 50 days, I think, of the reading compound, we thought, yeah, this is too easy, you know, we need to up the stakes for ourselves. So You need to up-level yourself. Yes. <laughs> so we actually started a writing compound. Um, then we started an arts compound, again, where there are, you know, prompts given and people do something uh, on a regular basis. So with these experiences, we also know what are the kind of uh, compounds that have a higher chance of working. Uh, what are the cases where it is going to be extremely difficult even though you know all these things are in place. Uh, sometimes these the compound approach does not uh, work in, in certain cases. So that's that's been some of the you know the learning from uh, these uh, compounds and like I said we took these uh, you know compounds to our clients where they have taken small groups, uh, small medium large uh, groups and uh, where they have like opted in committed to do something on a regular basis and uh, because there's what we call as positive peer pressure right uh, you've done something i'm part of this group i don't want to let the group down uh, so I'm yeah you, you don't want to let your image get <laughs> down in the group <laughs> yeah yeah so there are some some of the things that we have in the compounds are uh, very strict uh, for a very deliberate reason that the next uh, link or the next uh, book summary to be read is not 
you know sent out unless everyone has read it so you don't want the whole group to be stuck because you know yeah you were lazy <laughs> so yeah that's that's how the reading compounds have uh, helped us uh, so right uh, harish mentioned the writing compound that was one of our more interesting failures uh, because uh, there is a huge gap between summoning motivation to read and summoning the motivation to write something uh, it's an order uh, of difficulty higher and that really didn't work and we've been trying to yeah, because one is consumption and the other is creation creation is always creation harder is than so much more harder right uh, and uh, you know when you actually create you, you create much more value you don't get you create a lot of value simply by reading you use that and that's where the value is uh, you know generated so uh, so in, with reading we've tried to we've, we've rejected it and now we've kind of settled at a pace that works for us another success that i think we've had is uh, on reflection um, so reflection is again something that you know people have been recommending that groups do uh, it builds bonds it helps you discover your coworkers better it helps you understand yourselves better uh, so we've been working on reflection as a big piece of what we do uh, we have something called as pause at yellow which is a subscription service for uh, people who want to reflect and we've also turned that into a component it's a group uh, exercise again some of us have opted in for that and every day we answer a little question uh so that is actually a happy medium between consumption and uh, creation you can often react to a prompt that is given to you uh, it might be something like uh, uh, you know when was the last time uh, you uh, you know did a particular action and uh, as as a response to that when you generate uh, you know uh, something that you write that could become part of what you post on say social media or you know you are you are actually creating a body of work in little drips so uh, if you look at this as you know drip irrigation that is going to over time suddenly you know compound uh, you know since you are an investor you know the power of compounding uh, we've seen that uh, the metaphor of compounding uh, wherein you do little actions over time uh, if you do it in areas like knowledge and creation uh and conversation uh it really does and and you know after 460 odd days of the reading compound we suddenly ha- starting started having these conversations where this is connecting some something that we read a while ago and now this network of knowledge pieces is all kind of uh, reinforcing each other so compounding uh you know in a um in a non financial sense uh, is perhaps as valuable as it would be in your sphere of work so uh, now that we have learned so much about uh, how the company works what kind of clients you do how you work as a team so what are some of the things that uh, you learned at the job at your job and uh, you are now kind of applying it to other areas in your life yeah so uh, one thing that i've been you know passionate about uh, is tennis over the last uh, you know 3 3 and 1/2 4 years um so we started choose to think in 2014 and one of the things that uh, i thought you know at that time was that yeah you know this is great that i'm you know doing something for upleveling the world at large but uh, i should make sure that and at that point it was just the two of us right so the biggest risk for our company was that one of us fall sick yeah. uh, so i said no i have to take care of my physical health though there weren't any uh, alarm bells then um so i was uh, tried uh, yoga class and you know suddenly kids uh, picked up tennis and one of the coaches there said oh if you actually start playing you know the kids will have more interest uh, in tennis because uh, you know they'll see you uh, playing 
and that sort of resonated because every time we go and talk to our clients we say you have to model this behavior you know that's yeah. when uh, uh, you know others in your team are going to pick it up so i said yeah that's interesting uh, but then i i actually warned the coach because i have been you know interested in the sport from say 1984 um, and uh, i'm i really like the sport and i said if i start playing then i may not have time to do anything else <laughs> i'm going to go you know so deep into this and he said no no come come you know let's start uh, and i started and uh, one of the things that i noticed about the sport of uh, tennis was that you get instant feedback on what you are doing um, you know when you hit a, a forehand and anything is not right you haven't you know bent enough you haven't done the backswing properly um uh, you know you are not gripping uh, your racket well the ball is going to go out it's going to be very immediate right uh, which is what i feel is very different from most other uh, sports so and being the you know the kind of person that i am i was trying to analyze you know how the coach was uh, teaching me and one insight that i got uh, then and which got reinforced again when you know recently when i'm uh, trying to learn swimming is that my learnability quotient is very high but my teachability quotient is very low <laughs> so i need to figure out you know what works for me uh, and then use those principles uh, so around that time is when we were also reading you know deep work and you know how you can actually make these uh, small things break down what you are trying to learn into smaller parts uh, set very tangible goals and look at feedback get feedback about you know how you are doing what you are doing and over a period of time things uh, improve and also the fact that you're going to learn you're going to get better only if you are doing things which are out of your comfort zone right uh, you look at you know the best sports persons the best skiers the best tennis persons you know tennis players basketball players you see them practice uh, and you see the you know not mediocre but the average players practice right the average players when they are practicing they will not uh, miss too many things whereas when you see the uh, you know the really great champions practice they will miss a lot because they are i think they are learning through experimentations as well where they are trying new stuff and they are yeah. failing and they are not afraid of yes. failing because failing while you are practicing only builds to uh, you know greater skills when you are actually playing the game professionally correct correct they're they're stretching themselves right they're trying to find their limits they're trying to figure out where do they actually fail and that's what then they go and you know uh, apply in a, in a match situation so all these concepts of practice zone and you know competitive competitive zone or performance zone um, really came alive for me when i started using these concepts uh, on on uh, you know on on the tennis court Uh, so that's become a part of you know an integral part of what i do now i play 2 hours every day and yeah my first serves go in now uh, things have improved a lot i can you know hold my own against so called national level players as well so i'm very happy about that but i have often wondered if uh, you know i would have been able to uh, learn uh, at this rate had i not been thinking about the kind of things that i've learned in the last 4 uh, 5 years and you know again looking at this trying to pick up more and more things another thing that uh, you know keeps me busy is my terrace garden i you know want to call myself the urban farmer uh, as as has become the word these days right uh, so yeah we've been trying to grow 
everything from guava i saw the picture that you posted yeah. a few days ago of some flowers and some brinjal yeah brinjals <laughs> that's that's a funny thing because uh, our daughter uh, navya she just hates brinjals and for some reason the most productive crop that we have on the terrace is the brinjals so she somehow manages to stay away from uh, the brinjals so, so how, how do you up level in in gardening because that's at tennis i can understand like you play and you practice but what is the lesson like what things did you apply in gardening that yeah. i'm very curious to learn about that yeah so when i uh, when i started doing this i was all you know very enthused to go and do this uh, myself the whole thing right and then i realized the biggest challenge for someone like me or someone like us who have the kind of routine that we have is a simple thing that we may not be able to water the plants every day especially since these you know pots are kept on the terrace which uh, so i have to climb a, f- a flight of stairs to get there right uh, and i used to struggle you know to, uh, about how do i uh, you know take care of this and that's where then i found this you know mix of things where i spoke to someone uh, who was not really a gardener uh, by profession or something but told that person that this is what you need to do every day make sure you are uh, you know watering the plants and that's all right don't try to do anything else because then i can come in and uh, you know do whatever else that is required in terms of uh, you know put using the right kind of compost you know deciding when to plant what uh, vegetable as well uh, because that's where i can use you know my knowledge or at least access to the knowledge which that person uh, may not have so i try to break uh, the whole project uh, so to say into these uh, parts and um, yeah again when when you are gardening you just just seeing those plants and the flowers blossom gives you a satisfaction and again going back to the whole uh, you know evolution uh, that that we were talking about some of these things i think just just give you that natural sense of serenity or peace that the concrete jungle yeah because you you planted something and like now it has turned into food and like maybe like 10000 years ago when we just shifted from being hunters and gatherers yeah. to you know uh, farming i think that 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 is what is gets triggered in your brain correct yeah yeah and and it gives you that uh, dopamine hit you feel happy about you know seeing something like this again uh, you are analyzing i am analyzing that this is what is happening <laughs> but yeah that's as a beauty of it uh, it gives you you know immense satisfaction So uh, Ramanan what is something that you learned on the job and you are now applying it in other areas of your life right So uh, I think it was in my third year of engineering when I read a book by uh, Richard Feynman uh, you know surely a joking Mr Feynman and then I suddenly had this realization that uh, you know all those 20 years of you know being alive and being a student was so completely wasted right because uh, <laughs> i hadn't um, i mean i didn't know how to learn anything and uh, i didn't have the same amount of enjoyment that feynman clearly had uh, you know uh, you know in terms of his environment in terms of uh, uh, you know the sheer joy he went about expressing his curiosity uh, and i think uh, ever since we've kind of you know try to take control of Uh, so many things that we do uh, through choose to think and try and uh, you know fashion it the way we want to uh, i've rediscovered uh, uh, an interest and joy in learning that i probably didn't have earlier uh, so uh, you know big thanks to uh, mooks massively you know open online courses there is just so much out there to learn about 
uh, I think at, at heart I'm a generalist. I, I, I probably don't want to commit myself too much to just one uh, particular career or one particular uh, area of interest. So, you know, if career fluidity is not a term, it should be. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, so I, you know, I've been taking MOOCs and uh, since I know a little bit about what uh, helps us learn better, what the what should be the environment in which we learn better, uh, how to define a purpose uh, for your learning, and what are the things that keep you from actually you know uh, learning something new? Uh, I'm now you know taken up courses on things like the structure of the brain. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've been taking uh, courses uh, left, right, and center, and uh, not feeling guilty uh, when when I kind of stop them because uh, there is a exploit and explore kind of algorithm that that I'm using. So these are all things that I've learned uh, over a period of time. Even something as simple as uh, it's okay to not want to finish a book if you kind of you yeah. Know, I think uh, uh, Naval on Twitter says this many times. It's, right. Uh, it's the author's job to convince you to continue reading. It's it's yeah. not your job to read just because and you have bought the book. Like the training thing we said, right? Uh, you want to continue. You want to kind of opt in to do that. And I think Farnham Street also has a very nice little post on this uh, about how uh, you know if you think you've kind of got a lot out of it, or if you want to stop, stop. Maybe you'll come back to it later. So uh, I no longer feel guilty about it. Uh, I ensure there are lots of books uh, all around me. So all these things help you make progress uh, on learning uh, in terms of say decision making we now uh, consciously apply decision making algorithms and uh, you know checklists to my life so uh, my i've tried to kind of indoctrinate my daughter uh, as well early before you know the rest of yeah, before like the, the normal education system uh, <laughs> takes over so we, we have a checklist for you know the morning routine when we step out of the house we've got a little post-it note outside the door uh, which asks, you know, do you have uh, these five things? Uh, so uh, it's just, you know, everything that you learn, you try and apply. I think for us, uh, the the gap between what we learn and the and uh, the ability to apply it, the shorter we can keep it, the more successful we can be, uh, and that applies to what we do in life as well. So the other thing that I realized uh, because of you know reading about habits uh, is that I, I look back and see how uh, quizzing. Uh, I would characterize it as what's called a keystone habit. So a keystone habit is a, a habit that has multiple positive knock-on effects on uh, other habits as well. So now when I look back, I realize that because I was into quizzing, I still am, uh, I got into reading, I, I started doing things like reading the credits of movies, you know, very closely. So I'm that guy who's standing in the theater uh, when, you know, you know, the staff is trying to get it ready for the next show. Uh, so these are little things that I learned from fellow quizzers, from trying to go beyond the obvious, look at interesting stories behind the scenes. Uh, so this had a knock effect on the way I read, the way, you know, uh, my social network is largely, you know, based off quizzers and people who like collecting trivia. Uh, so uh, it, 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 you know, it got me uh, traveling to places for quizzes. Uh, so it had a positive effect. Now, now, now I know that it's a keystone habit. So uh, that really uh, put in place a system for me that I think uh, I've benefited from. And you know, since Harish also has you know similar kind of uh, you know interest in that, I think choose to think as a whole has benefited from you know what we've been doing for most of our lives. 
it just happens to now find a convergence uh, you know so uh, that famous quote about connecting the dots uh, you can't uh, you know do that in the future you can only look back and connect the dots uh, in some sense i think uh, you know more people would just have faith in their hobbies and their interests and uh, even if it sounds like you know a little redundant and makes you a little less efficient in pursuing a career or whatever i think it it uh, uh puts you in unique situations and i think that is something that a lot of people like navel uh, have also talked talked about in their podcast which is that you pursue something which is maybe a little hard or you pursue things that you are interested in and others don't see a value in it um and suddenly in the future you are in if you found yourself in a zone where uh you are best place to take advantage of it so uh, what what is next for juice to think where do you see juice to i this is a very cliched question again but where exactly do you see juice to think in the next 4 uh, year 4 5 years yeah 4 5 years is probably too long uh, a horizon to think of because by that time the company would have probably pivoted to something completely <laughs> different let's say maybe 6 months down the line yeah so uh, something that we've been doing in the last 6 months 6 to 12 months is uh, trying to introduce more products uh, now that we've been working with these um, companies organizations for the last 5 years we feel we have accumulated a, a body of knowledge uh, which uh, uh, which is useful even at an individual level so earlier we spoke a lot about groups right uh, so medium large groups but what if it's a group of one right uh, and lot of the things that we do whether it's uh, you know about the workshops or whether it's about some of these uh, habits that uh, we are trying to build uh, could probably could not you know need not have the uh, cushioning of a group from within my organization i may want to become part of a reading compound where what uh, you know connects me with the other members of the compound is the fact that all of us want to up level our reading not necessarily we all are part of the same company right uh, so some of these things uh, we have trying to productize uh, these offerings so so you are kind of switching from a b2b thing to uh, also offering b2c like business to a consumers kind of a thing yeah i wouldn't say switching completely that would be a very strong word to use uh, we have they're also adding it yeah, yeah. so we are introducing uh, we still are not sure how it will fit into the larger uh, picture for choose to think would these be places uh, which will give us more data points uh, which will help us deliver better to the organizations or will these become uh, you know uh, such revenue earners that um, they will you know give us more money than what the organizations are paying we still don't know about that uh, but essentially what we are doing uh, is uh, productizing these and doing this in a scalable uh, manner so that yeah if if things fall in place if if there is a critical mass then yeah some of these products could actually become bigger than what we are doing right now and some of these products are not even like entirely in the choose to think up leveling territory uh, in the pure choose to think territory for example one thing that we are doing is something called as iconic india uh, which is about bringing families and kids closer to india uh, we see this you know all around us where um, you know kids are exposed to the same kind of uh, school textbooks books tv shows apps Uh, which is different from what the parents uh, of our generation were exposed to and uh, there is a gap there is a gap between the understanding of 
you know our country of of india uh, between the parents and the children it's not like the parents uh, don't know enough to talk about uh, different aspects of india to their children it's just that they lack a context or you know lack a trigger to actually talk about it for example you know i would love to um, you know talk about indian politics with my kids you know 12 and uh, um, you know 9 year old right uh, i know i can contextualize it for uh, those uh, age groups and you know talk about things which they will uh, find interesting but i can't think of a prompt or a trigger in the current life that we have where they will ask me you know dad why don't you tell me more about the prime ministers of india or something yeah it's a very dicey topic yeah. currently yeah. yeah so we can we can to have that conversation but what we lack is the is the trigger or prompt so that's something which we are uh, you know building which is like completely outside the so called choose to think corporate up leveling kind of uh, territory so we treating it as uh, as another experiment that uh, you know that we are, we are conducting where yes we know we are delivering value uh, we are equipping parents uh, to bring families and children closer to india this is through you know courses through weekly games email subscriptions these are through activity sheets pdfs um, so it helps us build our um you know retail marketing muscle as well uh, so yeah we you know till now the company has been working more in the b2b space so that requires a different kind of you know marketing muscle this requires a completely different approach so that's something which we are learning and you know these things keep us on our toes uh, sometimes some things don't work uh, so yeah it's a pleasant reminder that yeah there are bunch of things that we are still not good at <laughs> but yeah that's that's something which we are uh, doing as well so uh, choose to think we've always been a yes and company rather than an either or company which is why uh, while we work with uh, you know people in corporate settings we also do pop quizzes we also do uh, you know things for children uh, and uh, the one of the benefits of being a bootstrapped self kind of owned company is that uh, you know we don't have we can make these uh, kind of odd contradictory kind of decisions to you know have multiple things open at the same time uh, it actually goes back to a topic that is kind of cropped up again and again in our conversation which is that of evolution right so if you really do look at uh, evolution as something that equips you to survive and be relevant in the future so the future changes uh, choose to think also needs to be rel- as relevant as the clients that choose to think advises on terms of relevance uh so things change and we try and change along with that so what that means is that uh it doesn't probably doesn't make sense to have a 2 3 year kind of plan where everything is kind of set in stone uh because things change you know yeah. life makes other plans and so on so uh, we've always taken an approach where we uh, try and think of something interesting we try and uh, do some amount of uh, thinking about it and we get started and we make small steps uh such that it will not destroy us so you know you want to survive yeah. uh, and live fight the other day uh, we don't want to become you know very big or huge in a very short span of time so given that uh, we kind of inch our way and we kind of yeah, you don't want to go down the other startup routes of you know like scaling yeah, I, immense growth yeah. and scaling because that's not that's just not something that you should think is involved like fun- technically fundamentally I, th- i don't think we are a startup we try not to describe ourselves as that uh and and precisely for the reasons you know the connotations that also come with uh, a word like that so i think our goal is first to f- live to fight another day 
second to uh, grow keep what we have build on that uh, you know grow sustainably uh, have everybody in the organization uh, you know uh, do things that they would like to do give them fresh challenges not have them burn out uh, all those things are important to us and you know for us to be able to also juggle tennis and gardening and quizzing with what we do we don't see a contradiction there uh they can hopefully all live together uh you know for another day so i think uh, our strategy is evolutionary at best and not very revolutionary so before we close uh what books are you currently reading or what podcasts are you currently listening what kind of content are you currently consuming that you would want to uh tell others about yeah so i just finished um vvs lakshman's autobiography 281 and beyond um that was interesting because it made me you know relive through the you know cricket scene of you know post 90s and early 2000s uh, i had some very interesting observations about the the person himself you know the way he is such a humble person and has always been in the uh, in the background right uh, he's not like the stars that uh, sachin tendulkar or saurav ganguly was um so it was an interesting uh, thing seemed like the book also seemed like a very personal uh, account straight from uh, the heart um the the book that i've started now is the undoing project by oh it's a very fantastic book yeah. uh, i finished it last year and uh, i don't know how in you are in it but it's a very interesting take and since you mentioned uh, behavioral psychology many times uh, i think you have a lot to learn about that yeah so um, you know the the subject of that book uh daniel kenneman and you know thinking fast and slow and you know uh, how the whole uh, book study came about um is something that is very close to our heart you know we always keep saying that every leader should probably be gifted one copy of thinking fast and slow uh, you know just so that they know about this whole world that exists which actually drives you know all behavior in their organization and in the world around them and they have no clue about why you know people are behaving the way right so um this is interesting because it's like a meta book on uh, you know a favorite book so yeah this is something that i just started and again writing style of michael lewis and you know bringing in all these um tidbits and stories about decision making in the world of sports yeah those things really you know work very well for me <laughs> so i'm uh, currently reading two books uh, one is about the periodic table it's about each element in the periodic table a brief history the little photograph and tidbits about it uh, just a random you know selection from uh, the library uh, enjoying reading that i'm also reading another book called the powers of two which is about how uh, you know there have been pairs in history that have worked together uh, they, you know on on creative projects innovation for instance uh so that is something which is very insightful because a lot of companies look at innovators as lone wolves right so this is something really uh, useful also this is meta because both of you uh, are absolutely. working in a pair I, i kind of yeah good of you to i hope you would probably skip that but yes right you see the powers of two working in so many ways and the and the key word is power of right goes back to compounding uh, and exponentiation uh, a podcast that i recently listen i've been binging on uh, Tyler Cowen's uh, podcast uh, conversations with Tyler uh, so Tyler Cowen is a famous economist and uh, maintains a very famous blog called Marginal Revolution uh, and I I know really like uh, his style the way he uh, presents his incredible curiosity the most recent episode I heard was him being interviewed uh, by someone else 
uh, and in that you know uh, Tyler's amazing range of topics he's interested from everything uh, so he studies culture as an economist so he's he's interested in low culture he's interested in feminism he's interested in uh, you know uh, geopolitics he's interested in pretty much everything that you can think of he knows probably more about India than most Indians would uh, and it's just a reminder to me that uh, that's the kind of level that I would like to reach you know so if there is an up leveling journey in terms of curiosity uh, he would be probably be very close to Mount Everest uh, right now for me so uh, that's it for today and uh, thank you very much for agreeing to be on the show uh, I got to learn a lot on this and I am emphasizing on a lot because it was truly a long episode and uh, uh, it's just fascinating to talk to very interesting people because we went off on a lot of tangents but it kind of all uh, it was very cohesive at the end of the day and uh, that is also the reason why i like talking to both of you guys we just go off on tangents and we we make uh, good conversation so thanks a lot for coming on the show thanks thanks a lot for having us i mean i don't say this in the hannibal lecter uh, <laughs> style but yeah thanks a lot for having us <laughs> Thank you, Tanay, for inviting us to the show and may your need for speech continue. <laughs>